Um, and he is, normally resides in Sebring, Avon Park. But I'm from the park, man. He's from the park. The park is real. The park. <laughs> um, he's going to be sharing our next step in the series this morning. So thank you. If I've got to, well, good morning. I don't know how to take that, Sarah. It's, it's usually like this loud, obnoxious thing. It's like, Mernon. Look, it's it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, no, it's totally fine. I just I wasn't I wasn't prepared for such a weak response. So that's all right. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is always good to be up in uh, up in Ocala. I uh, I love this place. I hope you guys love your uh, your hometown. Your neighbors are pretty cool. It's true. So uh, as I approach this week, um, I, I faced a number of, of personal challenges. Like I think my body is failing. Maybe it's my old age. Maybe it's because I'm fat. I don't know. But it was tough. I, was, I had been gone for three weeks, uh, and that's not ideal for an administrative guy. Like bills needed to be paid and it was just it was it was I was I spent the whole week trying to catch up and uh and then on top of it it was on the schedule to uh then I'm going to be preaching in Ocala I should have just let it go because you know I should just let <laughs> I should just let it go and let Pastor Michael do it but um but I I, I couldn't help but feel a heaviness to to get this one right and it may have had to do a little bit. I didn't tell you this last night when we were talking, but you sent me an email. Pastor Michael sent me an email on February 16th. It said this. I have you marked to preach in Ocala, March 20. The text for that day is 1 John 2, 15 through 27. Most commentaries agree those verses are John's primary goal in writing so don't mess it up with a winky face emoji. And I'm like, so yeah, I, I can't mess this one up, I guess, right? So it's like this heaviness, like I'm, 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 I'm to the wall, right? I'm playing catch up. And then I'm like, this is important. This is important enough for Pastor Michael to send me an email and say, don't mess it up. I hope I don't mess it up, man. Yeah, he is, he is. The cool thing is that, you know, I, I, uh, I got to spend a little bit of time in Turkey and I got to visit the, the site of where Ephesus was, where John was the pastor in the church in Ephesus. Uh, and so it was like, it was really cool to be a part uh, of that, you know, experience. I, 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 it's, it's just awe-inspiring to see like John was there. This guy was real, in a real place, uh, amongst the amongst the hills. I, we're from Florida, so it's hard for me to call. Like I, I, I think they were mountains, but they were just big hills of where you, where Ephesus was. So. so I'm praying I don't mess it up. So let's start with a little bit of prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven. 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. It's all his. And we get to be a part of this thing called life. So let's read the passage together this morning. We're going to be in 1 John chapter 2, starting in verse 15. So if you have your Bibles or phones or tablets or whatever, read through it and then hopefully break it apart where we can make a little bit of applicable sense. <coughs> starting in verse 15, it says, Do not... Love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out. That it might become plain that they all are not of us. But you have anointed, you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies that Christ, that Jesus is the Christ. This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made us eternal life. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you, but the anointing that you receive from him abides in you and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in Abide in Him. So this morning we get to go uh, over a little bit of like this. It's just two quick lessons and then this application. And just a full disclaimer here. Let's just jump to the end. The application is uh, abide in Him. 
right? So everything that we learn, these two lessons that we learn from John, hopefully leads us to this point where we can actually abide in him. And the first lesson, all right, I don't have PowerPoint, I'm sorry, way behind on my schedule, I didn't, didn't get this done, all right? But it's pretty easy, there's two lessons, it's not hard. Temporary things, this is the first one, temporary things give us temporary satisfaction, while everlasting things give us everlasting satisfaction. And I know that that makes perfect sense, but if you think about it, we can spend an inordinate amount of time investing in temporary things. Many things that, not, you know what, won't even last beyond our lifetime. Probably won't even last the day. You know, like chocolate donuts or whatever. She gone. Got to eat Tastios for the first time this morning. That glazed donut was delicious. I found satisfaction in that glazed donut. But it's gone. It's no more. And if I go back to Tastios, they probably closed by now. They ain't got no more. <laughs> they sold out. And maybe a little preface, but the lesson isn't about temporary things being bad, right? Temporary things aren't necessarily bad, and you know, everlasting things are all good. The thing is, it comes down to what are we putting our whole self into? What are we, what are we trusting? And as we grow up, and many of us are still on this long journey of growing up. I haven't made it there. And we tend to start gathering things, uh, accruing stuff, building relationships, uh, learning new things, and perhaps even investing in somewhat of a career or whatever. And these aren't bad things. These are things that we all like. This is a part of living life and being uh, what do they call it these days? Adulting, right? But there's some realities. So my wife and I, we, we got, well, we've been together since middle school. Okay, I, was, I was married. I was still in high school when I got married. So, we were, I mean, we were, we were pretty young. And I remember... My grandparents, they were, they were building a house and they, they gave us an opportunity to, uh, to buy their, their double wide manufactured home. And I'm like, sweet, I love, I, my, I was 19 years old and I'm gonna own my own home. I was feeling pretty good about this. Like I'm going to invest this. I found satisfaction in this thing called owning a home and I was 19 years old. But the thing that I, 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 I didn't really, <laughs> the, the young me, right, I didn't realize, and my grandpa didn't either, but this house, I learned this word called deterioration, deterioration, however you want to pronounce it, but it needed a new roof. And all of the siding that was, well, I'll just call it crap constructed in China, was just falling apart. So I quickly learned, like, I don't have $20,000 on top of my mortgage to pay for this. So it didn't make fiscal sense. 
this thing that I felt like really satisfied, like I, I, I have arrived at something that my parents never had, owning a home, I, f- I felt pretty good about it, was fading away. This thing that I put, I put like, I was 19. Anybody remember when they were 19? <laughs> we were pretty dumb, right? <laughs> Sarah's like, I don't remember when I was 19. This thing that I, I put my satisfaction in was fading away. It's not that difficult to fall into the trap that, this, that the, the world stage sets for us. Anybody like watching a good TV show? Like after a long day of work, get home, just watch a good TV show? Anybody do this? All right. Anybody remember when you uh, used to have to wait another week before you picked up on the episode? Or you had to wait a whole, like, summer because they left you hanging this, like, series or season finale cliffhanger and we used to have to wait for it? But we, we don't wait anymore. Did they really all die? You have to catch it in October. Right? But now in our microwave society, we, we wait no more for next week. We don't wait anymore for fall premieres. We have Netflix. We find satisfaction in knowing that we can just click the button and it goes right to the next episode like that. Find the satisfaction. But our entertainment satisfaction ends over and over and over again until the next new series or sports ball season starts. Pastor Michael likes that word, sports ball. Or maybe the 37th Star Wars comes out. 109th Fast and Furious premieres. And I'm, seriously though, how many Spider-Man and Batman like new movies has to come out? Like we're, we're, we're chasing these things. It's constant. And you know what? They keep producing these things because you know what? People are actually entertained by it time and time again. And entertainment is an easy one, right? It's easy. We can pick on entertainment. But what about finding satisfaction, making sure that our kids have everything that we didn't have growing up? What about chasing a career path all the way down to losing our family because we find satisfaction and success in the work of our hands? And we're really good at our job find satisfaction there so what's the point of do not love the world or the things in the world if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world the desires of the flesh and desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the father but is from the world and the world is passing away along with its desires but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Or 
set your mind on things, what? Above, not on things that are on the earth, the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. He was short, like typically Paul's not shorter on words than, than John is, but this one he, he was a little bit condensed. It's the same thing. Just be super mindful that if we spend all of our time chasing down temporary things for temporary satisfaction's sake, it's going to come with a huge disappointment in the end. We're going to keep chasing, and it's going to be fleeting. But if we invest in a home, so that way people can come to your home and find peace there, If we can invest in our children, not to give them everything that we didn't have, but to give them this hope, this assurance, and this person named Jesus, then that's good. If we invest in a career so that way we can maybe increase our generosity, or maybe invite our neighbors or our, our, our co-workers to you know, meet and follow Jesus then that's not loving this world and setting our mind on things above. If the career is about chasing the dollar, that's placing our satisfaction here. Hopefully that makes sense. The second, the second lesson, all right? There's only two, all right? This is the second one. Prepare to be distracted but never lose sight of what God says is true. Prepare to be distracted, but never lose sight of what God says is true. I want to zero in on some, some key words in verses 18 through 25. It says, Antichrist is coming. Antichrist have come. Verse 19, they went out from us. Verse 20, but you have been anointed by the Holy One. And you all have knowledge. 22, liar denies. Antichrist, he who denies. Verse 24, though. Let what you have heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us. What? Eternal life. Everlasting life. These distractions are going to come, but he gives us some things. So what or who are the distractions that we see in these verses? Right? First, opponents of Christ. That's Antichrist, people that are opposing God, liars. <laughs> Let's call them right out, like liars. And then people who seem to be a part of the church family but aren't, okay? And guess what, church? We are among them. We are among a world who 
does not want to see or hear the name of Christ. We can see the evidence of that in our schools. We can see the evidence of that in social media and entertainment. We can see evidence in our government. And we know the enemy is crafty and oftentimes the agenda is masked and it's not anti, it's inclusive. The reality is it's anti-Christ, opposing Jesus. And here's the reality though. Opponents of Christ are not just in our in our education system or our government or Hollywood or even Silicon Valley. The sad thing is they're in our churches. <laughs> they often mask an inclusivity as well. And they may even for years seem to have this really good grip on God's word, but then they rear their ugly heads. They have faces, they have names, they have a world stage, and they have pulpits. But our expectation as believers is to know truth enough to look out for these kind of people, to be aware of them. And not only us stay clear, but also make sure others steer clear of them as well. But what do we do when it's someone close? What if for months, maybe even years, we we built a relationship with someone who they act like a Christ follower, and, and maybe it's maybe it's even a relative. This this person that it's not this the preacher on TV that smiles and telling the wrong kind of gospel. Maybe it's somebody that we have this relationship with. They walk the the walk. They 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 talk the talk. They they're a part of. Uh, Sunday morning worship, they go to our Bible studies, they come to all of the meals. But then they missed a few Sundays here and there. And then a few Sundays turns into a few months. And then their lifestyle started looking more like they they did pre-claiming to know Jesus. And anytime you try to talk to them, this, this, this person... They, they tell you to take a hike. I wrote in here, they tell you to piss off. Figure I'd clean it up this morning. You know these type of people, right? They don't want you talking into their lives, speaking truth in their lives. And you have to ask the question, this person, was their relationship with Jesus real? Maybe. Maybe not. The caution is not only for us, but for, for, uh, for the younger among us who can more easily walk away. And we need to be vigilant in making sure we don't get distracted by those who go out from us. This happens in churches all across America. And I love that the Apostle John didn't just write that, that there would be distractions. Right? He didn't just say, hey, look out for Antichrist. Hey, look out for those who go out 
from among you. He gives reason and purpose to actually stay the course. He's pretty practical, this guy. And the truths that we see in these verses says we have been anointed by the Holy One. It says we have knowledge. We have access to God. And we are given eternal life. Those are not small things. Those are pretty huge things, actually. We have been anointed. We have knowledge. We have access to God. And we are given eternal life. Anybody able to give eternal life to people? No? I can barely give someone five bucks, much less eternal life. And we learn from verse 20 that if you are truly a follower of Christ, he has given you this, this beautiful gift, this charisma, an anointing of himself, the Holy Spirit who indwells in us. This is this is from conception. This is from when you say, I surrender my life to Jesus. He gives you this wonderful gift, the Holy Spirit, who indwells in you. And it comes with knowledge, having the Holy Spirit. But it's so much more than knowledge. The Spirit helps us to see joy, even in trouble. He gives, he gives comfort to us in times that we are in pain. He gives strength when we're weak. He gives peace in times of chaos. He gives correction in times of sin. Like this is a beautiful gift that God gave you, gave me, if you are a true believer in Jesus Christ. And it's nothing small. And I don't know about you, but it oftentimes just like absolutely blows my mind that we have access. We have access to the creator of the universe. Does that not blow your mind? The God who spoke everything into existence we have access to converse with. The crazy thing is, he listens. He's better than any husband out there. Truly. How many, uh, how many heads of state, world leaders, do you have like 24-7 access to? Anybody? Zero? Nobody has access to world leaders. Is it not crazy that we have access to the creator of the universe? That's nuts. It's not like the standard, right? Like this is the king of kings, the lord of lords, and we have access to him. It's pretty worth it. But wait, there's more. And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. He gave us eternal life. Eternal life with the one who gave his life for us. Eternal life with the one who 
It says in Philippians, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. We get to have eternal life with the one who gave everything for me. And trust me, I ain't worth it in my mind. And you ain't worth it either. But he gave it all. And when we find ourselves distracted, and it's not when, it's if, keep yourself firmly planted on the truth that you have been bought with a price. You've been anointed by the Holy One. He gives you knowledge. He gives you access to Himself. He gives you eternal life with Him. But this, like, like learning the lessons, the, the temporary things give us temporary satisfaction, and uh, everlasting things give us everlasting satisfaction, and prepare to be distracted, but never lose sight of the truth. Like those, like that's the easy part. It's putting the lessons into practice. That's the most challenging, because it's going to take a little bit of work. Who likes to work? I don't. I mean, I, I have to work most of the time. But it's Florida. It's high. I don't like to go outside and work. Michael, I don't know how you did it. You did it with a smile on your face, too. Wow. Verses 26 and 27 says this. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you received from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it is taught you, what does it say? Abide in him. Here's the lesson. And the point, abide is a verb, not the state of mind. And I think too often we think that abide is the state of mind that we're abiding in him, but it's actually a verb here. It's going to take action on your part. And we know this, it takes action on our part to abide in him. It's not departing from him. Have you ever been in that place where you just want to leave? Whatever situation it is, maybe it's a bad situation, you just want to get out. You know that feeling? It's this fight or flight kind of thing, right? It says, abide in him. So that feeling that you get when you want what you want, because we're, we're just like, we're built for this selfish, self-centered nature, like we're... We, Anybody struggle with that? Maybe I'm just the only selfish person in the room. Maybe that's it. No, but like we're, 
we're, we're like, this is who we are. We're selfish people. And I want what I want. I don't like to be led sometimes. I just like to do my own thing. That's how I'm, that's how I'm wired. But my job is to, in that moment where I, you know, like, I want to go. I want to do my own thing. I physically have to stay in him, with him. Making him a part of my decisions. Making him the point of what I'm doing, whether it's going to the grocery store or going to a restaurant or driving my car down the road. I'm abiding with him. Hour by hour, minute by minute, choosing actively choosing to be with him. And the reality is that nothing this dark world has to offer compares to the light that we find in him if, if we abide in him. I was telling Pastor Michael last night, I was just, I read through this passage many times. I just wanted to tell the story because it seems like such a simple thing. You guys ever mess up? You guys ever find yourself like walking away from God's like voice? Putting your putting your hands over the ears going, I just want to do this thing because I find satisfaction in it. Feel good. John was pretty to the point. Take your hands down. Listen to him. Don't walk away from him. And everything that we do. Be intentional with everything that we do. In our marriages, in our workplaces in our neighborhoods, the places that we go shopping, the places that we go eat at, be intentional with it. Don't just go to eat to get food. Go to eat to interact with people who need to hear something about this thing called faith. This person named Jesus. I encounter a lot of people who, man, they're wandering around hopeless, they need a little bit of they need a little bit of hope. They need a glimmer of the goodness of God. Will you pray with me? Lord, I know how easy it is to get throw myself into these temporary things that make me happy make me feel good trusting the dollar trusting my car trusting my house Lord I pray that I continually learn to set my mind on things above that I don't get enamored with things that are on this earth because they are fleeting. 
<laughs> they are fading away quicker than I want. And I pray that when I face distractions, the world's agenda to be anti-Christ, to be opposed to you, to people that walk away from the church. Lord, I pray that I can center my life on you, that I, 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 can, I can put my whole self in knowing that you love and care for me, that you give me the Holy Spirit that indwells in me, a part of you, to help bring knowledge understanding Lord thank you for just having the ability to have access to you to talk to you to know that you know and care about what's happening in my life Lord I was on this trajectory for this place called hell because my sin that sin equaled death Lord you sent your son in my place I have eternal life because of what you did not because of anything I did and we praise you for that Lord help each one of us to be able to actively abide in you. Those moments that we feel weak, that we want to walk away, that we want to throw our hands to our ears and not listen. Lord, give us what's needed. Give us the ability to hear from you, to feel your presence, to remember your word, Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the preservation of your word. Thank you for Pastor John who wrote these words. By your hand. We love you. 